safe at home. And hello and welcome to the Whitlime podcast talking everything coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, an interesting show today. We're going to actually look at the myths um, surrounding uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus and try to bust a few of them and maybe in, in a way explore some other theories or ideas that are out there. Um, we'll start with the climate and whether warm weather can kill off COVID-19. Obviously, COVID-19, also known as SARS-CoV-2, and in um, SARS-CoV-1, which we saw back in 03-04, it did disappear in the warmer temperature. So there was some hope that with this one that it might be um, seasonal and maybe with a lot of the the world going into their summer over the next couple of months, we could see some um, respite from this disease and and less deaths and um, people catching it. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the studies that have been out there so far don't necessarily suggest that the warmer temperature will affect it. In fact, it's, it's, there's a lot of conflicting studies because some are even saying that warmer weather is worse for it. Or, And um, when you look at a country like ours in Australia, we've had a very temporal climate in the past few months, yet um, the outbreak has still been... Um, on a similar trajectory or was going on a similar trajectory to many other countries around the world that were in their cooler months and and in cooler temperatures um, as it stands. So this is a little bit of a myth, um, unfortunately, and it's been, uh, unfortunately, we do have to bust it, but look, there's more studies happening in time and we can hope around the world that there is some respite because we know that the regular flu does um, does affect uh, what what season you're in. Now, people not being ridden with the everyday flu, um, the, the general winter flu, could mean that their immune systems are less deficient. Uh, they could handle uh, contracting COVID-19 more, or maybe less people will get it. But certainly, it doesn't look like it will go away altogether. And they're still going to be serious problems, particularly in Australia, where we're heading into our winter months. Now, we're currently in a lockdown. Um, and while we may, we've seen signs of improvement, that we could head, we're heading in the right direction, we've flattened the curve, etc. We could see that when we hit our regular flu season, June, July, August, that we go dip back down and have to go back into the lockdown or worse than what we are at the moment which means that in some way, shape or form, we will be dealing with this in Australia at least until September when the weather starts to improve somewhat. But again, reading what, what we know so far from the studies um, comparing SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2, which is we know as COVID-19 or coronavirus, um, that may not help us either. Some other interesting, um, I guess, things out on the internet that might be needed to be debunked. One of them is about China and the fact that a lot of the, the cities in China um, regulated or were able to sort of stay under some form of control when this outbreak occurred in Wuhan province. Um, what Chinese government, notorious for not being very open, as we know, can't get a lot of information necessarily out of them. We can from their neighbours Taiwan, however. And we know that Taiwan 
had a, a very good result um, in keeping uh, the cases of, of COVID-19 and the deaths from COVID-19 at a minimum. Um, only five deaths and around 350 cases. They've kept their schools open, businesses. And how did they do it? Well, we, we, we can easily forget that SARS uh, or SARS-CoV-1 did hit that area quite badly back in 2003, and they were still prepared for it. They knew that this could happen again, um, and they had a lot of um, masks available. In fact, as soon as the outbreak occurred in Wuhan, the directive was to make an excess of masks to stop exporting. We know Taiwan's a big exporter. To stop exporting things like masks, ventilators, etc. that now all the products will be made for internal only. Now, governments in different parts of the world act very differently. We see authoritarian regimes in China, in Taiwan, and this enables governments to work very quickly um, and to say, right, this is now going to be the way everybody has to act. We're not going to see that in countries like Italy, Spain, the US and Australia. Um, we don't necessarily want to lose our normal day-to-day -day way of life for that either. But we can um, understand that even though um, places like Taiwan handled the... Um, well, now pandemic, epidemic perhaps better than us, it isn't necessarily a conspiracy theory. There are other, uh, other reasons for it. And certainly if you look at things like WeChat in China that's used all over uh, the country, it's used to pay for things, it's used as a Facebook-type um, messenger service or a WhatsApp, and that effectively tracks the people um, and so they know if they've, they've been given a colour code, red, yellow or green, they know that they've gone out here or gone out there if they've broken you know, certain curfews, etc. Um, in Taiwan, they had different alert areas. So, for example, a level three alert area, that meant that they said, right, no flights are going to come in or out um, from a level three alert area. Area and if they had come through, they've got to do the 14 days of quarantine. The government would give them the food um, and check up on them every uh, three times a day. And then if they got sicker, then the government would help them to get to um, basically not a main hospital, but a special fever clinic. So they were able to stay within quarantine. And if they did break quarantine, you saw fines of around 53,000 US dollars. So a very different approach to what we saw when we started seeing the outbreak in Europe and really nothing was done in far as lockdown is concerned. People were flying all around Europe and travelling all around Europe. They were travelling to places like the US, like Australia, without any lockdown at all, without any ability to track where these people had come from, how they could have got the virus. We know that the virus can take up to 14 days to show symptoms from incubation. And that made it very difficult. Again, SARS-CoV-1, you were able to find out straight away um, if there's symptoms and then do the test straight away on people. Not the case with this one. It's made it more difficult. 
but some of these countries with these processes they had in place from SARS-CoV-1 meant that they could affect lockdowns a lot easier and um, more prudent than what was what's happened in other parts of the world. So not necessarily a conspiracy as such. We also know in America, for example, they follow the just-in-time inventory. A lot of these private hospitals are running on a way where they only receive um, their stock just in time to use it so there's no waste and increases efficiency and they've been smashed by a lack of resources now all of a sudden they didn't have a stockpile and they're using things like nappies instead of masks they're reusing uh, in new york they're reusing the n95 masks for five shifts in a row not five patients they'd usually only use them for one or two but five shifts around 60 hours worth so the change there is is um, massive, and it's having catastrophic, um, so, uh, having ca- catastrophic a- accounts. Um, unfortunately, particularly in New York, and now these um, doctors and nurses are even going on strike and wanting to. Well, not on strike, but they're protesting um, in between their long shifts, sometimes double shifts, um, saying that they don't feel safe. And these are things that can happen when you've got a just-in-time inventory management, especially when you're in in what probably should be a public um, sector like health, but in America we know that's not the case. So there are other factors as to why some countries are copying it worse than others at the moment, not necessarily um, because of a giant conspiracy. Um, One of the other interesting things in regards to, I guess, civil liberties and um, we've already seen um, some things passed in Australia in regards to the um, Sydney water and mining under the Sydney water um, reservoir. And there are concern that perhaps there will be changes. Now, we know in Taiwan they're saying that this tracking only lasts for while this disease is, is, is happening and only tracking the people that needed to be quarantined. But how much do we sort of take that as, oh, yeah, sure, we, we could trust the government and, and they won't, they'll only do it now when they're taking a lot of data. You know, we've heard about um, Zoom in um, America because that was a, a streaming service or a video conferencing service, I should say, that then it got found out that they had massive um, software flaws that allowed hackers into their back end and they've had to go and tidy that all up um, once people started using it. They had a massive surge. Um, we know that in Tunisia there's um, use of um, robots essentially like um, drones. Indonesia are using drones to spray disinfectant. South Korea, um, they're collecting massive amounts of cell phone data. So things like that um, is happening in various countries. So we have to be aware of that side of things and not want to necessarily go down that path in Australia, which is known as a fairly sort of free and a democratic um, nation. Um, When we look again at America, I would like to look a little bit at um, why New York and Donald Trump are are having a rift at the moment. Why wouldn't um, America or the federal 
um, government there help out the states more? And also, why Donald Trump has been talking up so much the anti-malarial drug chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine? And um, what exactly are the reasons behind this? Now, we have um, seen it being used. So there is some treatment um, effect in the US at the moment um, because of the fact that, especially in New York, they're just overwhelmed with people with coronavirus. Um, it hasn't been properly tested. Um, there is not a lot of evidence at this stage to say that that's going to somehow cure people with COVID-19. And realistically, to do these tests, it can take up to 18 months. Um, France and China have um, done some limited studies on coronavirus patients, um, but they're very um, small in size and it doesn't really um, give enough um, evidence to say that it's going to work. Certainly the Chinese study showed no benefit. France had a couple of studies. One of them showed no evidence. Another one showed some benefit, which include the antibiotic azithromycin, and it showed a benefit in six patients. So certainly um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the um, head of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, hasn't really come out in the same way that Trump has in regard to hydroxychloroquine or um, chloroquine, as I should say. Um, but why would Trump um, keep talking it up, basically? We can only guess at that. We don't know why this is the answer. Maybe it's just a way of Trump trying to show his leadership in this crisis. Uh, maybe there's other reasons what he has to benefit of him. It was also announced that Gilead Sciences was given exclusive um, ability to look for a, uh, a vaccine. So the stock market goes up 13.3% so far this year. And they basically have the, the, the patent on it um, for the next seven years. So unless that gets bought out or, or, or a government change the rules on that, Gilead could be in for um, quite, quite an, uh, an increase, I guess, in the, their, their worth. Um, because if, this, if they are able to find a cure or a vaccine, you would imagine the whole world would be wanting to... Um, get their hands on it. So again, why one company? Why not um, opening it up more? Trump's also said about the World Health Organization not giving any more money to them. There's a bit of a rift occurring there. So these are the questions. Maybe they're not getting as much traction as 5G or, you know, man-made virus on the internet, on the social media sites like Facebook, etc. But maybe these are the questions that, that could be asked a little bit more and some of these other ones that we've talked about today, uh, maybe they're, they're more likely uh, in the myth-busting range. But for now, um, a, a different edition of With Lime, but one, I think, just to take pause. And let's not rush into conclusions no matter what. Let's not you know, attack people if they have, a, have an idea and, and let's not share things without our own critical thought as to what it is. I've seen articles shared on Facebook and they're actually over 10 years old. So they're not related to this at all. So let's just be a bit smart about it and let's look 
you know, read between the lines of what's going on. And I might do another one and talk about a few more of these or if you have any um, theories yourself that you want to have it expunged a little bit on the show, we can look at that in the upcoming weeks. Um, but I hope that you've, you've enjoyed this little look in, uh, a little bit different to our regular Widline podcasts. But um, hopefully you've got something out of it. We'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with another um, special guest to talk all things lockdown, COVID-19 and the world that we live in today with the coronavirus. I'm your host, Paulie G, and you can find me on Twitter at listen to Paulie G. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. Bye for now.